Good morning, everyone. Thanks for being here with us. We are so glad to get to be together in whatever capacity we can here mm -hmm. on a Sunday morning. We're going to look into scripture. We're going to spend some time in prayer, and we are excited to be together. Thanks for being here with us. So we are going to start a new series today, a three-week series in which we wanted to talk about the church. What is the church? Did you know, I had to look it up today, did you know that we have now been meeting online for almost five months. Mm, it's five been a long time. Months. It's been so long. And so as just in the middle of this just unprecedented time, we wanted to take some time to really talk about the church. What is the church? What is the purpose of the church? What does the church look like? Especially yeah. in this season. You know, we've become so accustomed to Sunday morning gatherings being mm -hmm. at the heart of our Christian experience and our church experience. And I think that is an integral part of what we do. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait for the day that we get to do that again together. But the church must be so much more than that. It is. Yeah. And so that's what we wanted to talk um, about today and, and for the next two weeks. And this is our our big concept. This is a big idea that we want to talk about here. Yeah. If you had joined us on Sundays five months ago mm -hmm. when we were meeting or for the past five years from day one, nearly every week you would hear us in our welcome and our conversation uh, mention belong, believe, become. Mm -hmm. And in that order, from the beginning, we said we want to be a community of belonging, a place where people can experience community, live together, grow in relationship together. So first and foremost, we want to be a place of belonging. We believe that is the way of Jesus mm -hmm. and the gospel. Uh, we are Jesus followers, and we invite people to believe, number two, in Jesus, to come to believe in him. And in our belief in him and the work of the Holy Spirit, we experience remarkable transformation. Uh, that is the becoming, the people that God is inviting us to be. And so we wanted to talk about the church, this belong, believe, become. And here's the big idea that we want to unpack over the next three weeks that the church is a community of Jesus followers participating in God's good work in our neighborhood and the world. So the church is a community of Jesus followers participating in God's good work in our neighborhood and in our world. And it aligns with the belong, believe, become the community, the belonging centered around Jesus, belief in Jesus, believe and then the becoming part, the participation uh, in God's work, God transforming us and God working through us. And so today we wanted to start by talking about belonging. Yeah. So Brene Brown speaks a lot uh, on the subject. I love of, Brene Brown. Yeah. She speaks a lot on the subject of belonging and she defines it as the innate human desire to be part of something larger than us. Or Evelyn Underhill, she uh, identifies belonging as one of the great longings of the human soul. I don't know if you've ever heard of Maslow, but he's a groundbreaking psychologist and he identified what he calls the hierarchy of needs. And he says beyond our needs of food, water, safety, those sorts of things, the core need of humanity is belonging, uh, intimate relationship and friendships. So we lean into belonging today, exploring what does the Bible have to say about a community of belonging? And I can really resonate with that. I grew I grew up all over the place. And so I moved 
from city to city, state, different states. I've lived on different continents. And, and each experience moving is different uh, based on the place you're moving to. But there's always this transition time in which I remember feeling like I didn't quite belong. I was in this new place. I didn't know didn't know where, how to get places. I didn't know people. And, and slowly but surely, um, I started to feel like I belonged in those new places. But for me, one of the defining factors of belonging and feeling like a new place that I moved to was home was finding my people, finding friends, finding a community, um, people that I shared some sort of connection with, either um, it shared goals or shared experiences, or maybe it was a shared hobby, just something to connect us. And once I found uh, a group of people that I could call my community, my people, that place felt like home. Yeah. You know, recently we've been looking at the words of Jesus and for the past few weeks we were looking at Jesus who says, I am the good shepherd. And last week we talked about Jesus' statement to Israelite people saying, uh, understand, I am your shepherd and I am inviting you. Follow me. You know my voice. I know you. But he says there's other sheep and other pins. And he's speaking of the Gentiles of a radical transformation that's going to take place. Mm. We're going to be in Acts chapter 10 today, and the first nine chapters of Acts are the story of Jewish peoples, uh, of, of Israelite people, coming to believe Jesus is the Messiah. He rose from the dead. He is our hope. And so we read about the church growing in Jerusalem and in Israel. But it's in Acts chapter 10 that a major shift takes mm -hmm. place in the story of the church. Um, it's in Acts chapter 10 that we see what used to be somewhat a closed group of Israelite people coming to believe in Jesus to expand outward and will soon sweep outward in just a powerful movement that will sweep across the earth. It's this season in which the church, the Holy Spirit begins to open people's eyes to the church's eyes to God's much broader and beautiful vision for this world. You know, I think in all seasons of the church, it's important to look past what we know or what has been handed down to us and to listen intently to what the Spirit is saying, to where God is leading, the work that he's doing in our neighborhoods, our community, and in the world, and to follow the Spirit's guidance in that. So today we're going to look at Acts 10, and it's a really long chapter, and part of the story flows into Acts 11. So we want to just encourage you to go back and read this story. We're going to tell much of it. Um, today. So Acts 10, it's the story of Cornelius and Peter. And Acts 10 starts off talking about Cornelius. And Cornelius was a Roman centurion. And so he was in charge of a hundred. And it was, in this time, Rome had conquered Israel. And Rome was the occupying force. And so as you can imagine, there was a whole lot of animosity between the Jews and the Romans placed there to make sure that the Jews followed the Roman rule. And so as the story goes, Julius, the centurion, uh, lived in Caesarea. And he, the text describes him and his family as devout and God-fearing. Uh, a man who gave generously to those in need and who prayed to God regularly. And in this context, God comes to Cornelius and speaks to him in a vision. 
He sends an angel to get Cornelius's attention. And the angel says to Cornelius in this vision that um, God has heard your prayers. He's seen your gifts to the poor. And now he has some instructions for you. Go to Joppa and find this man named Peter, Simon Peter, and have him come and speak to you. Yeah, now Peter didn't know what was happening in this moment. Peter had been with Jesus since the beginning. In fact, in Luke, we read the story of Jesus um, meeting Peter on the shores as Peter is out fishing, and they'd mm -hmm. caught nothing, and there's <clears throat> excuse me, a miraculous catch, and uh, Peter comes to shore recognizing who Jesus is, mm -hmm. and uh, he falls at Jesus' feet, and he says, go away from me because I am a sinful man. Peter enters this relationship with Jesus in a posture of humility. I am not worthy in this moment. But Peter becomes one of Jesus' mm -hmm. disciples, one of his closest followers. And for years, they travel together. Peter learns from him. And now Jesus has uh, been crucified. He's risen and he's ascended. And Peter is one of the central figures mm -hmm. in the church in Jerusalem. Uh, God sends this man Cornelius, a Roman uh, uh, ruler in the army, uh, to come and talk with Peter. And um, Peter is up on a rooftop praying as Cornelius' representatives uh, approach. And he has this vision, and in this vision he sees something like a sheep being let down from heaven. And there's all sorts of animals. And Jewish had uh, Jewish law had all sorts of dietary restrictions, things that were clean or unclean that they could eat or not eat. And uh, he sees all these unclean things and a voice from heaven saying, uh, take and eat. And uh, Peter uh, repeats himself multiple times saying, surely I would not defile myself in this way. I've never broken these uh, these laws. And yet the voice says, take and eat. And as he comes out of this vision, approaching Cornelius's representatives, uh, Peter doesn't yet know uh, exactly what this vision means. It's still unclear to him. But as he stands, the representatives approach the house. And they tell Peter about this man named and the vision that he's received from God. And so Peter invites them in, and then the next day he travels with them to go to um, Caesarea to meet the centurion. And, and I just have to pause the story right here because not too long ago we watched the Hobbit with our girls. And I won't run the story for you. They're great movies. But in the beginning, there's this character named Bilbo who's invited to take this adventure with, with people that are totally different from him. And he's hesitant and he's nervous and he's unsure if he really wants to go on this crazy adventure. And I can't help but think of Peter in this situation. I, I bet he was pretty nervous to go with them, unsure of what this is, was going to be like. And so he invites some other Jewish believers to go with him on this journey. Yeah, and so he's traveling towards their house. And I, I missed one statement in um, Peter's vision, uh, probably the most important yeah. statement, good one to miss, right? Uh, the voice says to him, do not call mm -hmm. anything impure that I have made clean. And I can only imagine these words are resonating in his mind as he's in a foreign environment, going someplace that under Jewish law, he wasn't allowed to go, doing things he wasn't allowed to do, but God's voice saying, do not call impure anything that I have made clean. And so 
Peter goes with these men, and as he approaches Cornelius's house, Cornelius falls at his feet. And there's this powerful moment where Peter tells Cornelius, um, stand up. He makes him stand up, and he says, I am just a man. I'm a man just like you, um, and you don't need to fall at my feet. And I think this is a really powerful moment because Peter's like, don't put me on a, on a pedestal. I'm just a man like you trying to figure this out um, just like you are. You know, it's interesting because that was Peter's response when he met Jesus on that mm -hmm. first day. He fell at his feet. And now Cornelius is treating the same way, but Peter's deflecting that uh, mm. awe or appreciation and saying Jesus is the one whose feet we fall at. I love at. that. Yeah. yeah. So Peter enters into Cornelius's house, and in, in, in his home, Cornelius has gathered all his close relatives and his friends, so there's a large crowd there. And um, Peter just lays it all out there. Peter's very straightforward <laughs> as you get to know Peter. But from the beginning, he says, so you are well aware that it's against our law for someone like me, a Jew, to associate with someone like you, a Gentile. He just says it from the beginning. There are barriers between us. I'm, I'm, I shouldn't be here, but this is what he says. He says, God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. And so I came when I was called. Now, now tell me, what is it that you, you want from me? So they ask him, well, speak to us. Tell mm -hmm. us what God has for you. And uh, Peter, uh, as they wait with bated breath, uh, you know, I can only imagine as he pauses, he thinks, what am I doing in this place? And what is the word? them. And he says in verse 34 of Acts chapter 10, he says, I realize now that God does not show favoritism. Mm. This far into Peter's journey, walking with Jesus and the church being established, the Holy Spirit coming in power. And in this moment, as he stands in Cornelius's house, he says, I realize now that God does not show favoritism. Mm. And he goes on to tell them about the story of Jesus, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and the hope that has been found in him. And he says, and everyone who believes in Jesus receives forgiveness through his name. This is a radical shift in the story of the church in the first century, a radical shift in which Peter this church is now coming to realize Jesus' vision, his promise for the whole world is meant to be played out here in this church. And as Peter is speaking to Cornelius and, and the people gathered there, the Holy Spirit comes upon them and they begin to speak in tongues and praising God. And I, I love this part because there's this, again, another aha moment, this moment of like profound realization for Peter and for the Jewish believers watching this. Um, the text says they were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been given even to Gentiles, mm -hmm. now, even to Gentiles, even to people who were very different than them, that, that the Holy Spirit was working powerfully there. In fact, Peter says they have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And then that whole household is baptized and they invite Peter to stay there with them for a few days. Yeah. So today we're exploring this idea of belonging and the mm -hmm. church as a place of belonging. 
messages that talk about we are one in Jesus. There's lots of stories that deal with it. But we wanted to go to Acts 10 today because it is a pivotal moment as it moves from a sect of Judaism mm -hmm. uh, into a worldwide movement that we are now a part of today, 2,000 years later. Today we explore this Acts 10 story where Peter is confronted by God saying, do not call unclean what I have made clean. And Cornelius, a ruler in the Roman army, comes to know the hope found in Jesus. It's a radical shift in the church and um, a radical shift in Israel's understanding and the church's understanding of what it looks like to be a community of belonging. So there's two ways in which belonging uh, plays out in beautiful ways in this story here today. The first is belonging to God, that we belong to God. Notice how God uh, goes both to Cornelius and to Peter before the story mm -hmm. plays out. Notice God is working in the background, be behind the scenes. He's working in the lives of all the parties involved, saying, I am about to take you on a beautiful new journey, something you absolutely did not expect. Um, and Jesus, out of his deep communion relationship with God, he says, I'm, I'm one with the Father. He invites us saying, come and follow me and I will lead you direction. You will experience remarkable transformation as you follow me. You will come into a place of belonging with me and with the Father. You know, Henry Nouwen uh, writes the book, Life of the Beloved. And uh, one of the main concepts in this book is that you are chosen, you are loved, and you are invited. And like we talked about last week, this is the you plural. You all, you are chosen, you are loved, and you are invited to find a place of belonging in Jesus. So the church is a community um, that belongs to God, but also a community of belonging to each other. Um, so in this story of Cornelius and Peter, with all the cultural dynamics going on, we see that it's a story of just radical inclusion, that God is stretching the imagination of both Peter and Cornelius of, of what community, um, of what God's community can look like. God is bringing people together that are very different from each other, people that wouldn't uh, norm run in like the same circles, people that wouldn't cross paths on a day-to-day -day basis. And God is, is expanding their imagination and bringing them together to develop a community that is centered around Jesus. And one of the things I love about this story is that God uses both the extraordinary and the ordinary to develop this community. So you see here these miraculous, um, you see angels coming to, to Cornelius and speaking to him, God using the extraordinary, but also the ordinary things. So Cornelius had to send a message and ask Peter to come to his home. Um, they both had to invite each other to speak and then just sit down and listen. They had meals together. They spent time together. So God used both the extraordinary and the ordinary to develop this community. And I love those aha moments. Like you were, you were talking about when, when Peter realizes, Oh, so this is what it looks like that God doesn't show favoritism. It means we can both 
be in the same community. Mm -hmm. And that was God's intent. Mm -hmm. We begin today with um, a community of Jesus followers participating in God's good work mm -hmm. in our neighborhoods and the world. Um, that is belong, believe, become a community of Jesus followers participating in God's good work in our neighborhoods and in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, in Revelation 7, uh, at the end of the Bible, we read this beautiful throne room scene in which all nations, all languages come together and are worshiping God together. Mm -hmm. And this is our vision for our dream for the church, that we come together in community with, uh, with God and with people across racial bounds and across socioeconomic bounds and across any of the boundaries that might stand in our way that we can come together in community with God and with people. And so we pray for an awakening uh, and an experience of belonging to God and in the church. It's such a story, Acts 10, of, of Peter and Cornelius. It's such a powerful story of what radical inclusion looks like in the church and how the church is a community um, that belongs to God because God is is drawing people to himself and drawing all different people to himself and as God draws us to himself in relationship and in community he also draws us together into community with each other um, we speak of church like we mentioned earlier as just something that we do on Sunday mornings and Sunday morning is a beautiful part of, of living in community, but that's not all that the church is. That's a very small part of it. Um, being a church is being the community, being a community of people that belongs to God and belongs to each other, a community that's centered around Jesus in a community that's joining God wherever he's working in our neighborhood and in our world. And so today our invitation is to belong, to belong to community. And no pandemic can shut the church down because the church isn't Sunday morning. Um, our invitation is to belong to community. We're invited into community with God. We're invited into community with each other. And I don't know what part of this story resonated more with you. Maybe you're resonating um, with Peter in this story, who, who's wrestling a little bit with, well, who can be included and, and who can't be included in the community of God within the church. And in this story, it, it's a story of radical inclusion. God is inviting all of us to come and belong or maybe you resonate a little bit more with Cornelius. Maybe you feel like, you know, I'm, I might be one of those. Or maybe you've even experienced that, where you have been excluded from the church before. And again, this story invites us to realize that, that this is a community of radical inclusion, a community of belonging, and that God is inviting all of us to belong. So wherever wherever you're at, whatever you resonate more with, here's what I really want to leave us with. And I speak to myself and, and I speak to, to anyone watching here, is that we belong. We belong. God has invited us 
to belong. And the church is meant to be a community of radical inclusion. So may we come to know that we are chosen by mm -hmm. and loved by God. And may we belong mm -hmm. in his presence. May we experience and extend community and belonging in our neighborhoods, our workplaces, and in the church. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you so much for this invitation into relationship, Lord, into community, into belonging. God, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you draw us close to you. And Lord, we thank you for drawing us close to each other and in community with each other. And God, I just pray, um, especially today in the middle of this um just locked down, Lord, the, the, the pandemic in which community is sometimes feels hard. God, teach us to be a community of belonging and teach us to be in relationship with you and with each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, we have a worship song for you if you want to listen to it. It's um, by Vineyard Worship, and uh, it's a song called We Belong to You. And one of the things I like about this song is that it uses the plural. It could quite easily say, I belong to you, uh, but they chose to put this in the plural saying, people, we as the followers of Jesus uh, belong to you, God. So if you wanna to listen to that, we hope you find blessing in that. Friends, thank you so much for joining us and have a great week. Bye everyone.